Hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Tahoe Tap. I'm your host, Mike Perrin, and this episode all about mountain biking. But if you're not into mountain biking, don't let it scare you away because we've got some great guests from a single track mine out of Truckee and servicing the entire Tahoe region that will really get you into the sport. If you've ever been wanting to do it or you want to take your your experience to another level, they can help you out. So we are changing up our format just a bit as we did last time with Todd Offenbacher and we're going more of a guest spotlight. We're focusing on people here for the Tahoe Tap. So we're going to take a quick break from our sponsors and then we'll get right into the mix of things. Stick with us here on Tahoe Tap. Tahoe Tap is backed by the Tahoe Daily Tribune and Sierra Sun. Follow online, around the world, every day for breaking news and articles or pick up a print edition every Friday at the lake or in Truckee. TahoeDailyTribune.com and SierraSun.com. All right, welcome back everyone to another episode of Tahoe Tap. You know, the meaning of tap is things to do, adventures to take, and people doing awesome stuff around Truckee, Tahoe, and the Reno region. Luckily, we sort of set ourselves up for success a little bit here, and we can talk about people doing badass things, right? Because there's not a lot of events and things to do, adventures, are sort of taboo around the lake depending on where you go so um we've got a really cool show lined up for you here with some really cool people as always myself mike Perrin, publisher of the tahoe daily tribune rob galloway are here hosting the 19th episode of tahoe tap but our feature guest today dylan wren and his wife amy wren co-owners operators and trainers of a single track mind which is a professional mountain bike skills coaching organization out of Truckee. and when i'm looking up your guys's uh, bio on the website there are a ton of certifications i don't even recognize you, you guys are crushing it i mean this is a really really cool things you guys have going on so give us a quick synopsis of what you guys are doing and then we'll get into more of that q a session here uh, a basic mountain mountain bike skills coaching was a thing that started maybe in early to late 90s um people wanted to do stuff i started racing professionally around that time and uh i went in late to get it and then we started the business in mid to mid 2015 um I worked for a company early on, uh, probably answering more questions that are already in there, but we started, uh, we started coaching to give people a shortcut to mountain biking. And that's sort of what our, what our main thing is. And we figured the best way to do that was to be able to provide the best product that we could. And I gotta, I gotta say, I love the motto, get a bike, ride with us and then ride better. I exactly. mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's what you do with your friends but it's not always the same as having a coach. Just like if you send your kids off to ski school or you try to teach them skiing yourself, they don't have the same respect, right? You don't have a 
coach there yeah. telling you what to do. It's, it's yeah. just not the same. So Rob, I love that you chose this topic here because you know I love mountain biking. It's near and dear to my heart. So I'll get into the nitty gritty, but I'll let you kick it off because you graduated high school here <laughs> with these. So I, I'm going to let you take it away with the first couple of questions. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dylan and I, we did graduate high school together and, um, you know, it's a small uh, foothill town. Um, and it doesn't seem like a truck easy. Yeah, it's a little bit more uh, high up on the mountain, but uh, a little similar feel. So I actually, Dylan and I, we haven't really strayed too far from from where we grew up and it wasn't until I don't not too long ago year plus ish that I connected with his wife first and it was like hey I went to high school with Dylan and then you know we just have been you know back and forth talking and um, you know we felt like or at least I felt like this would be a good topic for us to to start on so if you guys are if you guys are ready and and ready to go I mean I can hop into to the first question yeah yeah, let's, let's go for it. <laughs> All yeah. right. So, you know, the season, what does this look? I mean, we had a mild winter, and usually we're always waiting for that snow melt to, to happen. Sometimes it's earlier, sometimes water content. So what does the season look like to, to be shaping up? I mean, you know, COVID-19 things aside, trails-wise, what does this look like uh, as far as, uh, you know, shape given our, our mild winter? I trails wise, we're, we're already rolling. I mean, the, the low stuff in Truckee is already open. I mean, Reno has been riding great for a month, two months already. So the parks and trail work that they've done down, down there have all been open and accessible. Um, we'll see, we'll see South facing stuff, uh, stuff that melts out quick will come open, you know, the upper stuff, high Alpine, there's a lot of snow up there. So like the hole in the ground trails won't be, won't be accessible for a while or they'll just be adventure rides, which is what they pretty much are anyways and should be. So along, along those lines, I mean, you, you got to have some favorite trails to ride, you know, whether it's, you know, in Truckee, in Tahoe, can you give us maybe your favorite trail? If you give us maybe one from the South shore, one from the North shore in Truckee, and then I'll throw a little curveball at you too, because you do a lot of like destination trips. Um, what are, what's maybe one outside of the uh, Truckee Tahoe Basin that you also like? So three, I guess three, three trails. What do you what do you love? What's your favorite? We'll probably throw a couple extra in there, but whatever. <laughs> that um, works. That works. Uh, Truckee wise, I, I I actually like some of the trails that open up super early because they're more moto trails, um, and and they sort of make it more challenging. Um, you know, I would, I would go with the, the Lloyd's trail system and the, um, I, I, Truckee locals refer to it as animal, but the Prosser Hill, uh, moto stuff. I mean, I've, I've ridden those trails now for uh, like 21 years, surprisingly, like it's yes. crazy. Um, go to South shore uh, classics, the, the corral loop Armstrong connector corral is, is pretty much a win-win. Like the, they've done a really good job down there. Uh, East shore. The upper Rose Meadow, I mean, that's a great one. West Shore, um, Stafford Rock. My, my favorite go-to away, it depends on if it was working when I was uh, employed with another coach company or if it's when I travel myself. But I honestly, I was really blown away with stuff in Michigan. <laughs> Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly. I'm going to just that one out an odd one. But yeah, Michigan had some really fun trails. Um, really well built, really, really well organized, cool, cool ways that they, they put stuff together. Super XC. And I, I don't know. I mean, I could go in and say Bend or all the other places too, mm -hmm. but like, like I, 
uh, honestly, yeah. I, wherever you're riding your bike is probably the best place to ride a bike. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. yeah <laughs> we'll take that one, yeah. <laughs> if you're pedaling, you're in the right zone. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. never a bad day on the golf course or out on the lake. Even if your boat's broken down or you're, you're shooting over 100, you're still yeah. out doing having fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, what's, the, what's the classic? The, the worst. The worst day fishing is better than the best day at work. Precisely. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, you threw a wild card at us with Michigan. Some of the best trails. That. That. I. I'm gonna have to look into that. But you know, you've heard of businesses. And so I'm. I'm talking business front now because you guys are local business owners. You've heard of Moab turning people away. Tahoe South, Truckee, the governments are turning people away. What is that doing to the business? How is, how is it affecting you guys? Talk, talk us through that a little bit and, and how it's going to, to affect us all. Um, I can pipe in a little bit with that one. Yeah, it's been tricky. It has been tricky because I think a lot of our students have been so awesome. I mean, he does a lot of clinics down the Bay Area and Santa Cruz, Marin, all over, and they have been you know, students that signed up for clinics a while ago have been really patient knowing that we are all kind of on standby. So I guess we, you know, we had to postpone and cancel a bunch of clinics this spring, obviously. And now we're just literally waiting to have the approval for the shelter in place to be lifted, but also to be incredibly mindful that when we do resume clinics that we're prepared with social distancing and coaching. I mean, you have mentioned many times that's not a problem um and you're outside with super small groups i mean kind of average five you know max eight but probably more like five this summer just to keep everybody um in a comfortable space spaced out um so I mean, you're it, talking it, sports where you can social distance totally biking is one of them right? yeah and you know really there's ways it's kind of the epitome yeah. of it right and we just want people to feel comfortable and safe i know in my correspondence with individuals they i feel like almost every single person that's emailed us or called has been like oh we i feel comfortable being outside with space and having dylan coach us when the time is right so we've had some patient riders but we've all we've also had a big pause in our Normal summer, summer clinics are usually booking up like crazy now, but because no one knows exactly when the lift will happen, there's just a pause. So I think that once it, it's the thumbs up, we'll get rolling. So yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah. I think I think everybody is looking forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you talk about summer, and I know that's that's when things heat up, or or you know, in the past have heated up and around uh, Truckee Tahoe for visitors and everything, but. You know, and I, I don't want you to give away necessarily the uh, the secret, but what what's your favorite time of year to ride around the basin? Is it early season before the summer kicks in? Is it late? You know, and maybe in the fall. What what's your favorite time of year? It's um the adventure in the spring of finding the the trails that are melting out is always fun. Is being able to get out there and like see what's there. Um, summertime because everything's open. Fall would probably be the best because you have everything open, but then you get those freak rain showers. You get that little bit of moisture that comes through and, and, and sort of brings everything back together. I mean, it's quieter. <laughs> fall, fall is, fall is probably the best. It just depends on what you're, what you're looking for. I saw a fist pump from Mike there. Yeah. I, <laughs> there, was a, there was a vote. Uh, <laughs> Do you call it brown pal or hero dirt? Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I'm like, I'm on the fence though, because I really like loose and blown out trails because oh. it makes you a better rider riding in loose and blown out trails. You don't have that benefit of having everything work for you. You have to be a little bit more on your game to, to have fun. Um, it's, uh, it's, I go down to the Bay, Santa Cruz areas and their dirt's usually pretty good. And in Marin, it would get summertime and they would have this like this small little piece of gravel or dry dirt that would sit on top of it and be like, oh, the trails are totally blown out. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. But come to Tahoe. I'll show you blown out. So speaking oh. of that, you, you talked about skills a little bit there and how it keeps you on your game. And what, you know, what are some of those skills that are most frequently asked for, asked for in terms of your, your clinics? Uh, what do you see out there for the FAQs? Um, as far as the, the frequently asked for skills, it's usually manuals, jumping, and cornering. Okay. And I usually tell people that we should work on getting you up to a base where you can master those before you try to learn those. Um, but it's, it's, it's the manuals, jumping, and cornering. Everybody wants to learn that. Those are, those are the main ones. Yeah, that's fair enough, right? Yeah. Doing it for the Instagram and showing yeah. off. <laughs> Although one thing that I just have to pipe in because I'm often, again, corresponding with writers before and after. And before, that's often what they say. And that's what they want. And then after a clinic, they'll email us and say, I had no idea that I actually needed to refine these other skills first. It was such an eye-opening experience to know that I actually need this other stuff. And it changed their kind of overall vision after. So there's like a before and after situation that happens a lot. I have to remind myself every ride to still sit back further. Yeah. <laughs> I still, you know, every time I go down and corral, it's like, damn it. I got, I got, I got to sit back. Yeah. Gotta do it. You know, it, it's just those fundamentals. That, that's, that's a good point. Good point. And that's, that's actually a really good lead in Amy. Um, you know, and it, it's probably more for Dylan since he's the one who's, who's doing the actual coaching. Uh, how do you approach your coaching, you know, in regards to different levels, because you're coaching, you know, everybody from beginners to, you know, people that want to brush up, you know, how do you approach your coaching? Because it's, you know, it's gotta be different for every, every level, right? Yeah. I mean, in, in theory, it should be, um, what, what you would look at is in a, in a large group coaching dynamic, I have, I have a set curriculum that I run through and I basically run through a set of five, five skills that I kind of, categorize they might be skills or not skills um i run through that with everybody and i make sure that everybody is up to speed as well as they can be during that segment of time and then and then i try to progress after that and try to get people up to a level where they're being pushed at the skill level they're at so um my group clinics are run as as progression based um but progressions on a set curriculum when I run privates, I, I still go through and I still do skills assessment stuff where even though it might seem rudimentary for the writer, I just want to make sure that at least everything is as close to possibly firing on point as it can be so that we can adjust things later on. Because if, if you're not working those simple skills, there's going to be digression or regression in, in the progression that you're going to try to make because you have to go backwards and fix those basic skills to get to that next step. So. You, you're and just even, sitting. you know, what, I'm sorry, I, one thing that I know that you do also do is customize people's progressions given their different abilities. If there's like a group of riders that are in the same clinic that one's more advanced than the other, you may be able to progress one rider differently than 
another. Yeah. So, so I, it's not like they'd be progressing along the slowest newer rider or the newer rider wouldn't have to catch up to see at the most advanced because you keep the clinic small, you're able to really kind of work with each person in their own customized progressive way. So, That's a good point. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and yeah, you were, you're setting us up for segues to the max. I mean, <laughs> you talked about how, um, you know, you sort of use your personal experience and make sure you, you dish it out to everybody there. What is that one skill that you teach that is the hardest for you to maintain and not regress on? It's, um, I, I really think that it's probably the same one that everyone has because it's, it's the one problem that everyone is faced with. Um, and it's probably the hardest skill to teach itself, but I mean, it's, it's a basic and that's just vision. You know, everybody gets tied up with where they're looking or how they're looking through it. And there's, there's different parts of it that can be kind of pushed, pushed aside. But you're thinking is, is that vision is vision for me is what I work on all the time. If I'm not focused on where I'm going, I'm not going there. So, so elaborate on that a little bit, because I know what you're talking about, but maybe for the beginner writer saying like, you know, looking through the corner, just give, yeah. give little tips out there for that, because oh, it, it always helps yeah. me too to, to remember that. So, I mean, like tips with vision is everyone will give you a, a term further or look through the corner. It doesn't always work. Like my, my basic is you want to stay two steps ahead. You want to look to the next obstacle, the next goal, the next challenge. Um, imagine you're playing a, a video on YouTube and you want it to keep moving to the next piece, the next piece, the next piece. You effectively want your vision to be your buffer. You want everything to play out as smooth as possible. If you're getting stuck and lagging on a certain feature, that next piece isn't going to play out. So if you don't if you don't work to the next to the next to the next, you're going to get stuck at it wherever you're at. So Very cool. I never heard that analogy. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um that's a good one. Um your vision practice is just I mean I had a lot of people tell like uh, vision, it, it, the, the mountain biking is kind of like a life, life lesson sport um, where there's a lot of things that go on to it. I mean, just think your day to day, what's your focus? What's your goal? You know, if you're focused on the here and now, you're not moving the next step, you know, so you got to look to what you want to get out of it and move to that next piece and then progress to the next piece after that. So. Right on. All good stuff. I mean, that's what we like to do here on the, on the tap is, is give people that, that inside information. <laughs> and so, you know, since you're, you're out in the open air, you're on trails, you're in the backcountry a lot, any crazy encounters with wildlife? Um, I, yeah, I mean, every, everywhere I've been, um, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, the, the few that stand out that I remember, like solo experiences, um, riding, uh, Western States up here across from Alpine going up towards Painted Rock. Um, I came through that and there was, a early season, a little mud patch. And I found this paw print, paw print, bear print there of, uh, you know, a, a size of my hand, a, a fairly large print. And I was like, Oh, check this out. So take out my camera, I take a picture. And I'm like, I hear this, like, and I'm like, What's that? and I'm like, wander around, and I look up this tree, and there's this two cubs treed, and this little tree. And I'm like, look at that. And I look over and, and literally like 60 feet away is the this mama. golden brown oh, mama bear You're just like sitting there. And I was like, all right, I'm out of here. I got on my bike and, and took off. Um, you know, it, Bobcats. Bobcats and Santa Cruz on the trail, rattlesnakes in 
right. you know, in Marin to, you know, gardener snakes or gopher snakes in SoCal. Yeah. That's, so. it, that's where you got to have the vision, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. like a good yeah, example you, go. you need to look yeah. at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it helps with confidence. I mean, the vision part to yeah. not be blocked. Absolutely. Your, your factor. Yeah. All right, let's, let's uh, transfer from the wildlife experiences to etiquette. I literally have always thought this. I had this conversation with my friend last week. And we were butting heads like rams. It's just, let's talk trail etiquette, man. It, who gets the who gets the right of way, uphill or downhill? Because you look at some websites, and they they all vary. Uh, unfortunately, it's not like straightforward. As mountain biking, it is. There's so many rules that could be an exception. I, I joke that there's always a never and never and always. You always never do this, and then you never do this. All like there's always these variables. And like, if you're in a situation where it's a traditional trail and it's a climbable grade, and you're comfortable climbing it, and the rider's coming down is there. For me, that climbing rider has, has right away because you can stop. It's probably not a great descent. If it's a super gnarly descent, you're having a problem climbing up that trail. There's no reason I'm not going to stop because I have no idea the rider coming down, what control he's in. Is he going to be able to stop? So I'm going to pull out of the way for that rider. I probably need a break anyways. Uh, classic flow style trails, like a trail that's built for directional mountain biking, but is still open both ways. If I'm the rider going uphill, I'm not going to be arrogant and stop to make the rider who's riding a flow trail, a smooth, fun, flowy movement trail. I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to be like, you have to stop your flow to, to allow me to ride up this. I'm going to move out of the way for that rider. So those are my sort of like three ways. It's like average normal trail, uphill rider has the right of way. Flow trails, downhill rider has a right of way. If you're struggling, just don't expect that rider to be able to stop. Give them space. Let them have a safer ascent or safer descent, and you have an easier mm -hmm. ascent by taking that break. So that's very good. Three good scenarios there, and you could if there was a mountain mountain biking politician, that, that was <laughs> the answer. That was it. <laughs> oh man! It, it, well, I guess that's why you coach, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it totally makes sense. <laughs> try, to, try to lay out all the possibilities and get people set up for the best experience. You know. Yeah. So, so when, when you think about, um, you know, the, our region uh, up here for, for Truckee Tahoe, what are maybe some of the key organizations um, in the area that someone can support to maybe progress the sport, you know, here locally? Any, any thoughts there? Um, well, Tambo, obviously, the greater, I mean, Tahoe Area Mountain Bike Association. Um, started in North Shore and then really took a foothold in the South Lake area. I mean, what they've done for the sport's amazing. Um, Reno area, the BL, Biggest Little Trail Stewards, the BLTS, Biggest Little Trail Stewardship out there. Those guys are awesome. Kevin Joel and the, the guys pushing that. Um, locally, the guys run in the Truckee Bike Park. I mean, that's a great support for Truckee itself. Uh, Truckee Land Trust. Um, uh, I forget the Truckee Land Trust. Sierra Trail well, Stewardship. Sierra, Sierra, Sierra Buttes Trail Stewards also. Um, the, those guys are crushing it right now. The, the amount of trail stuff that they've put in is insane. Um, I, don't, I, don't think, I, I don't think people realize just how much, how much effort. I mean, you do. I mean, obviously, because you yeah. use them. But I think to, to the general public uh, or just, you know, the, 
maybe the just the passerby, they just don't realize the amount of time and effort that has been put into the trail system in and around Truckee and Tahoe. It's been it's crazy. It yeah. is crazy. And yeah. it's really, yeah. And it's growing. And um, I think one thing that's been pretty cool, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that, you know, they're trying to get some of like the youth, the youth teams to just kind of participate and volunteer some with either Tamba or different organizations. Yeah. Just to I mean, so, sometimes it's five people out there putting, yeah. putting in a 10 hour, 12 hour day on these trails. It's, yeah. it's gnarly what, what, it, what it takes to yeah. maintain these. And so a big shout out to all those organizations. And I'm sure there's, I mean, there's so many tons of other ones too, but I mean, just we're, we're throwing these questions out there. Yeah. Right? off the top of your head. So, I mean, people can Google it and support in the way that they choose. Um, my, my final question is because, and, and you, you sort of gave me a hint to it, but I'm a hardtail guy. I'll ride all the trails with the hardtail. Um, but what's your one bike? If, you know, it's like you got your one squeak. Uh, ski quiver you know if you're going to travel around the world what are you going to take to japan or or you know the alps what are you going to take around the world to ride every trail no matter how gnarly or how easy it is so like you can put you can put the category out there of like what type of bikes there are there's hardtails you know or or fs you know front suspension bikes or XC bikes or enduro bikes or all mountain bikes or downhill bikes or this that and the other thing like enduro and then you know, all of those out there. Uh, I mean, hardtails for sure give you the most versatility. Um, but it's not like an XC. People think of like a hardtail as like a cross country race bike. Like there's, there's aggressive hardtails out there that can handle a lot, a lot of terrain and they're getting more and more progressive as it goes through. But yeah, I, I would ride a hardtail. I coach on a hardtail all the time. Um, 95% of the time I ride a hardtail. Uh, the only times that I don't is when I was racing more, um, only because I don't have a race season this year because most everything is limited this year. Understand but give, me, give me some specs though. You're going 29, yeah. 27. I'm going, I read a 29er. I read a 29. I read a 29 inch hardtail with a 140 fork. Um, I ride, it's a, uh, it's a 472 reach. It has almost an 810 front and center, uh, 419 rear center, um, low bottom bracket, 60, 65 degree head angle, 64 or five in there, roughly, uh, 35 mil stem. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an aggressive. Oh, yeah. We just lost all the people that don't. Actually know. <laughs> nope. I know. Like, exactly. There was a whole lot of numbers out there. That just put out. Yeah. Yeah. My, myself no, I, included, I was lost on that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, uh there, there's a bunch of brands i mean if you wanted to look into it um ride gg the bike i ride is uh is called a pedal head the website's ridegg.com um there's some other brands out there chromag makes a nice one the uh they call it the doc hawk is uh is pretty aggressive um the uh kona hanzo another great one um if you really want to go into it i have a friend in marine county who designs extremely modern hardtails um and as uh, his name is peter verdone he goes by pvd so you can look up pvd designs if you want to get lost in suspension technology and don't be offended by him he's just <laughs> and then if we're not getting lost in suspension technology and you know one of our wives are watching amy what are yeah. you writing what are you out there on i have a gorilla gravity i mean it's fun okay. it's fun i've been with both 
the, the Gigi bike. It, with both kids, I'm not on my bike very much. I'm going to admit that. I'm going to, it's my goal this summer, but I'm raising two little ones and it's been a busy time. So I'd love to get out there. That's as gnarly as it gets on the yeah. trip. <laughs> yeah. and, we, and we won't go into why you didn't mention e-bikes, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll leave that. We'll leave that yeah. off to the side. There's uh, there's the too podcast. many opinions there, and it's probably a bad route to go down. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whether or not uh, which which side of the fence I'm sitting on, I won't let you. Yeah, know. we'll need a full <laughs> two hours for that. <laughs> yeah, I do. Have, I do have one more. You mentioned full suspension. Is that um I, I I'm going to do a shameless plug here, but I I work with a company out of the Bay that does full suspension testing, and um the variables with full suspension are are kind of, uh, kind of the anomaly that make things more complicated. This is one reason I love the hardtails because it's just a simple fork and you on the bicycle, you don't have to worry about it. Suspension itself has a 7 billion different variables once you get into setting it up. And to expect people to understand that is pretty challenging. Yeah, so, if you want to make, Motion Instruments is the company if you want to check it out. They're super awesome. And if you need any help with your suspension, you can come to a single yeah. track mine. <laughs> well, I, I, got, I got one last question before we close it out. Um, and it's, it's sort of a fun question, I guess, is who's the most difficult to coach? Because you have high school students that you have coached, right? Uh, you have somewhat of, you know, maybe they're not in high school, but they're younger or, or older, um, but more newbies to, to mountain biking. And then you have those people that maybe they just want to brush up on a certain skill. Who's the biggest pain in the ass to coach? <laughs> um, I, I mean, you know, you would say, oh, it's probably the kid, you know, because they're not paying attention. They want to be there if they're there. They want to learn. So they're actually great. The high school kids are awesome because they're always pushing me to go through it um, and, and learn stuff. Um, even, the, even the newbie adult that just came in is not difficult because they have no idea what they don't know and they don't know that they don't. They, that they're learning and then they get better and they're super shocked. Um, it's probably the guys that have 30 plus years that read mountain bike fiction when they were growing up and, and then listen to some guy tell them to get back on the descent and never use your front brake from the newbie bike shop. And, you know, like those are the ones that are challenging because they have 20 years, 30 years of bad habits and a bunch of information that they interpreted to suit their own needs and fit their vision of how they were writing. So. Oh, a side note to that though, again, those are the ones that are probably the most challenging, but then after the fact, those are the ones that you see again and again and again, like yep. you have a lot of repeat of those clients because they realize, whoa, you know, so. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because I'll get, you know, I'll get writers that are in their mid fifties that just got into the sport and they want to progress. And they're like, you know, they're like, I don't want to be amazing. And then they just keep doing it. And then they wind up, you know shredding i work with a gentleman from the east coast um he'll be 74 75 this year and we'll go on two and a half hour rides 20 miles on an e-bike and ride the most technical trails in tahoe so it's it's, yeah. it's awesome it's like to look at it it's like i look at that and i see it and i'm like i got another 35 years of riding the exact same trail that i'm riding now almost the exact same way so it's it's uh it's pretty awesome what sport we've uh We've, we've enjoyed ourselves or gotten ourselves into or introducing the youth to, to you know to, to be able to share with us so <laughs> well i love you guys sharing this time with us your insight your your business opportunities all of that rob thank you for setting this up with i mean this is 
such a fitting topic for right now as we get into things, how business is evolving, the sport. It's so cool. Uh, I mean, we really appreciate you. And it's, you know, it's sort of like some of those things with yoga or, you know, it's, it's not a huge moneymaker. You're doing it out of the passion, the love of things, right? I mean, you're yep. really trying to progress the sport and, and we, we can sense that. Yeah. On, a, on, on my little, I'm going to add just a little side note to anything here. Um, good dog. Good dog. Uh, is, is that, uh, it, it's a great time. I mean, in the situation we're in right now is you really don't want to be pushing the limits. So it's a great time to learn something new and practice and get better at it so that when we have the opportunity to get outside and be more aggressive in our endeavors that you're ready to do it and like take the time now to build the skill and build it so that you can master it and have fun once you get out there. So yeah. that's great. I got a, I got a one year old pup. He's ready to go mountain bike as you heard. <laughs> hey, we're we're going to go hit the trails right now. We're going to go do Tahoe mountain. Uh, nice. We're going to go have fun with it. So I hope to ride with you guys sometime and yeah. uh, really, really learn the ways. Awesome. Nice to connect. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you and both. Amy Ren, everybody from Single Track Mine up in Truckee, but they service the entire lake. So hit them up. You can find their website in our link right here. And again, thank you, Rob, for setting this all up. It was uh, very inspiring. Yeah, I appreciate it, everybody. Uh, Amy and Dylan for, for hopping on. It's good to see you guys. Um, and we'll connect soon. Absolutely. Okay. That's a wrap here on the Tahoe Tap. We'll catch you next week with McAvoy Lane, which has forever, for like basically the majority of his life, played Mark Twain. This is gonna be really cool, so catch us next week. See you guys. Bye. Cheers. You're listening to the Tahoe Tap, brought to you by Crystal Bay Casino, locally owned and proud to present world-class entertainment, gambling, and dining. Stay and play with the CBC on the North Shore of Lake Tahoe. Find out more at crystalbaycasino.com.